G'day, and welcome to the Fasting Highway podcast. I'm your host, Graham Curry from Perth, Australia. I lost 60 kilos or 132 pounds living an intermittent fasting lifestyle and have successfully maintained that weight loss now for over a year. I wanted to bring this series of podcasts to you to give you an insight into what that journey has been like. I also wanted to give you some information about intermittent fasting, talk to people that are doing it, and bring in some experts in the field, including some leading authors of some great books about the subject. Talk about the highs, the lows, the triumphs, the celebrations, the negatives, the positives, and everything in between. Nothing is a silver bullet, as they say, but intermittent fasting is about the closest thing that you can get to a perfect health plan with a side effect of weight loss. So sit back in the next few weeks and enjoy life on the fasting highway with us. Thank you. G'day, and welcome to the Fasting Highway podcast, and this is episode 29. So just before we start with today's guest, I just wanted to pass on my thanks to everybody that's been buying my book, The Fasting Highway, about my own journey and my struggles and overcoming my food addictions. I can't tell you how great it is to see you with my book in your homes all around the world, and it's just been remarkable, and and thank you so much. And also thank you for the kind reviews that you've left. And I'm glad that it resonated with people that were in a similar position to myself. So that's my book, The Fasting Highway, which is available now on Amazon and other sellers. So let's get to today's guest. And that's Justin Claypool. And Justin is 30 years old and he's from Clarkston, Washington in the United States. And he grew up in Oregon. In his early 20s, Justin's weight was creeping up to 400 pounds or 180 kilos. And then later on in his 20s, he decided to retake his health and do something about it. And he tried various schemes and diets, but he found that he was getting himself into a vicious yo-yo cycle. So here to tell us all about his journey so far, which is truly remarkable, is Justin. Oh, g'day, Justin, and welcome to the Fasting Highway. And thank you so much for joining me today. Hey, Graham, how's it going? Yeah, I'm going great, mate. How's things going in your backyard there? You're in your winter now? Uh, yeah, it's it's getting there. I live in a, in a valley, so it's not too bad. Uh, you know, it is the winter season, but haven't really got any snow or anything yet. Yeah, that's great. So, mate, what we might do is just start off with a bit of your backstory and basically what led you up to finding IF and how you actually found out about it? Okay. So, um, you know, from an early age, I was actually pretty heavy set, you know, about pretty much back as far as I can remember and, uh, lived in Southern Oregon my whole life. And in 2015, uh, I moved up here to where I live on the, uh, Washington, Idaho border here in the, uh, States and, uh, decided that I was going to uh, try and do something about, you know, my weight. I had gotten up to, I don't know exactly how much I was at my heaviest after I moved up here and uh, kind of got a job doing a bit more active things when I worked. I was uh, working stock in grocery stores, so I was on my feet a lot, and I ended up uh, deciding to do the whole 30 and uh, I don't know how familiar you are with the Whole30, but it's an elimination diet designed to 
help identify food intolerances and reduce inflammation, things like that. And when I started that in March of 2017, uh, I had to buy a scale in order to do so to weigh myself for my starting weight for it. And I was at 375 pounds. Uh, from there, like during the first month of that, uh, I, you know, did fit pretty well on it, lost quite a bit of weight. And over the next, I'd say year, year and a half, uh, to like March, 2018 around there, I, I got down around like 260 or 265. But, uh, the problem I had with that is I kind of tended to use it, you know, in a cycle, you know, it's unkindly referred to as a yo-yo cycle where it was so strict that when I fell off of the program, I would, you know, kind of binge on all the things that I'd been missing and, uh, ended up gaining quite a bit of weight back, uh, May of last year, I was back up to about 315 pounds and uh, then uh, last May, I started a program called Healthy Wager. And with Healthy Wager, you actually make a bet um, on your weight loss and you pay like a, a sort of monthly payment into this bet. And at the end, if you've lost uh, the prescribed amount of weight, uh, you win all of your money back and then some. And so doing through doing that, I decided to start uh, low carbon keto and uh, through the low carbon keto and some of the, like the Facebook pages for this healthy wager, uh, I started doing like fat fasts, um, you know, uh, what do you call it? Bulletproof coffee, egg fasts, things like that. And basically came across a recommendation from somebody in one of those groups to go read uh, Jen Stevens book, delay don't deny. And, uh, you know, after I read that, it just sort of all clicked and made sense for me there <laughs> and, uh, finding the clean fast, you know? Yeah, that's great, mate. So I've never heard of that before betting on yourself to lose weight. That's amazing. Yeah. It, it's a pretty cool program. Um, you know, I don't know that wagering a certain amount that you're going to lose weight is necessarily like the most healthy way to do it, but it is great motivation for somebody that's looking for a reason to get started, you know, and it's ultimately what led me to finding, you know, delay, don't deny and clean fasting. So definitely something I'm yeah. glad I did. And, uh, I did end up winning that the wager that I said, I said, uh, set a goal that I would lose 75 pounds in 10 months. And it was mostly weight that I had already lost and regained. So it was something I kind of knew I could do. And, uh, you know, over the 10 months of payments paid in about 600, uh, us dollars. And my prize was 1,945. So, you know, more than tripled up the money that I paid into it. So it was really pretty great. Yeah, that's amazing, mate. Yeah, I, I could only imagine it'd be a great thing to own because ninety percent of people would probably lose that wager. But um, so, Justin, we're talking about there. Your high weight was three seventy five mm -hmm. a while back there, which is around one hundred and sixty five kg um, for Australian listeners. There, 
So what what height are you, mate? And what age are you also, if you don't mind sharing? Uh, so I'm six foot four. Uh, so I am pretty tall. And, um, and right now I'm 30. I just turned 30. So when I started trying to lose weight back in 2017, I would have been 27. Um, oh. And so, you know, for – and I was probably that – weight or a similar weight throughout most of my 20s yeah mate i can't tell you how proud i am of you of taking stock of your health when you were 27 there and deciding to do something about it because you have a whole life now of going forward with good health so let's talk about fasting mate um so your red date delay don't deny by gin and then you got into the fasting and did you switch into the uh, clean fast? And what sort of difference did that start making to you? Right. So as soon as I read Delay, Don't Deny, I actually didn't read it like the physical copy. I listened to it on Audible. And I think I listened to the whole thing in like less than a day, like 24 hours. And, I, you know, it just made sense to me. A lot of the things I'd been seeing and the things I'd been doing, like why they, you know, why they weren't working. And she talks about how you know, everything, you kind of end up in that yo-yo cycle. And so as soon as I finished that, I decided to give the clean fast shot and uh, started doing one meal a day right after that. And like I said, that was, uh, that was around October of last year, uh, October, 2019. I did that. And from there, I pretty much have stuck with one meal a day. It worked really well for me. You know, I like the freedom of being able to eat every day and the flexibility of moving that window around. Yeah, well, speaking of your window, mate, what what sort of time frame were you doing when you first started? Did you start off with something like a sixteen and eight, or? Yeah, I, once I read once I read about the clean fast, I sort of just jumped right into one meal a day, even. Uh, probably closer to like 22 and two I was doing like one plate a day when I very first started um, so you know one huge plate but uh, just one plate of food so I wasn't even uh, I didn't didn't take any sort of adjustment or anything like that just sort of jumped right into it yeah. So what are you doing now? You're doing more like a restaurant type OMAD where you'll have a snack and a main or I typically do do a rest, restaurant type OMAD where uh, I'll have a snack and then a meal and then maybe, you know, something cup of tea or something after that. Uh for the last month or so I've been doing um I've actually been trying alternate day fasting. Uh, a friend of mine uh, came to me and was wanting help getting started and didn't really want to, uh, you know, go through reading the books or anything like that. And so I told him about alternate day fasting and sort of laid out the rules of the clean fast for him. And he asked if I would do it with him. And so I'd never tried, um, really doing alternate day fasting for very long. I had done a couple of the, uh, Mealless Mondays, if you know, if you're familiar with uh, Jen's Facebook groups, which I know you are, um, there's a kind of a trend in there where 
a lot of people that do one meal a day uh, will also do like one day of extended fasting week. So I'd done a couple of those mealless Mondays followed by an update, but I'd never done the alternate day fasting for very long. So right now I'm doing uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I, I fast and I have a down day and I don't do the 500 calorie meal. I do clean fast throughout. And then Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, I'm having a true up day, two to three meals over, you know, six to 10 hours. So that's been a little bit interesting, but up until the last month, I stuck with that, uh, OMAD. And then, you know, about, like you said, the restaurant style. Yeah. And so you've moved to the ADF now. How do you find the difference between OMAD and ADF? What sort of um, things have you seen? How has it benefited you? Uh, it's been interesting. I I haven't been really been weighing in, so I don't know um, what like the uh, as far as like weight loss goes. But I do know I like my clothes and stuff are looser, so I know that I've lost weight on it in the last month. Um, it's it's interesting for sure. The up days are nice. Cause I miss having, uh, sometimes like breakfast or lunch at work where I typically, when I do OMAD, I do a later window so that I can come home and cook something rather than, uh, you know, eating something out to lunch or having to prepare lunch before hand meal prep, that sort of thing. So it's been interesting to have breakfast again, really on my up days, you know, uh, making sure that you have a true up day after the down days, uh, I don't tend to do as well breaking fast. I have to be really careful uh, on an up day after that, you know, long of a fast. Usually I'm around like 40, 42 hours at that point. And uh, I notice I'm a lot more sensitive to what I eat, you know. So if I eat something that doesn't agree with my stomach, it you know, it, it really gives me upset stomach and I'll get lethargic, things like that. I've also noticed a big difference in like on those up days afterwards, I can't start with something carby at work or and it just makes me so tired compared to, you know, on OMAD, I feel like it, that's not the case quite so much. Yeah. And just for people out there listening, mate, that may not know much about alternate day fasting, just in your own words, just explain what your up and day down looks like and what, what it actually is. Uh, yeah. So on uh, alternate day fasting, um, I'm doing right now, I'll do Monday is a down day. So from Sunday night is usually going to be the last time that I would eat, probably four or five, six in the afternoon, depending. No, I kind of am flexible with it. So uh, at that point, I close my window and start my fast and then don't eat anything else Sunday night and then all day Monday morning. So Monday morning, Monday afternoon, Monday evening, don't eat anything uh, through Monday night. And then on Tuesday, uh, depending on what I'm doing, um, sometime Tuesday morning, I usually break, break my fast. So I'll have uh, breakfast of some kind or some bone broth or something like that to sort of gently break my fast on Tuesday. Um, and then 
you know, anytime you have that long of a period of fast, you want to make sure that you have several meals on your up day. And so I'll have two or three usually big meals on Tuesday from like 10 a.m. to about 6 p.m. usually. And then from there, I close the window and uh, Wednesday will be just like Monday was where I don't eat anything at all that day. And as far as, um, you know, drinking beverages go, I mostly stick with water and black coffee on my, uh, during the fasting periods. Yeah, that's great, mate. So it's really important on those up days to get enough intake so your body doesn't think it's starving and that sort of thing and get your metabolism humming along. That's the right. purpose of it. Yeah, that's great, mate. So also, mate, with your weight you just talked about there and weighing, is weighing something you made a conscious decision not to weigh and what was behind that? Um, so throughout the, the whole process, I was weighing, um, especially when I was doing, you know, still doing that healthy wager thing that I told you about. It was kind of important to me to be, you know, on track for that. But I tend to, um, I think as a lot of people do, let it kind of dictate how my day is going to go. You know, you wake up uh, and you think that you're going to be down and you're up. And there's just so many fluctuations really that can play into your weight that have nothing to do with um, how much fat you're losing. And so I tried to do daily weighing with uh, weekly averaging for a while where you weigh every day, but you only compare the weekly averages. But even still subconsciously, you know, I found myself comparing my day-to-day numbers and, you know, even letting it affect uh, the decisions I made that next day on food. You know, if I was down a few pounds or whatever, I may give myself a little more freedom in what I ate. And if I was up, I, you know, would try and be more conscious about what I was eating when reality, it could be any number of things that would be causing you to hold on to a little bit of water weight or, you know, things like that. And so more recently, I uh, moved back in uh, July, my my house actually flooded and then I bought a house and my scale got ruined. And so from there, I just uh, decided not to buy another one. (laughs) And so I haven't really been weighing in since. Wow, that's great, mate, that you bought a house at age 30. That's a great achievement in itself. Yeah, and that in itself has been challenging. Uh, that was back in September. And, uh, you know, even just having everything kind of shaken up like that, we we bought a – or I bought a house that was more of like a fixer-upper. And so we had a ton of remodeling and stuff to do. You know, the kitchen wasn't at all set up for like the first six weeks. So it was like – tried my best to still stick with the fasting schedule, but, you know, definitely didn't eat as high of quality foods during that time. Like, you know, you end up eating a lot of pizza and takeout and things like that when uh, you're in the middle of a remodel. So it's kind of great to have fasting during that time and have been able to maintain my weight loss and not, you know, balloon back up when, you know, you have periods like that where you're not cooking as much and, you know, always eating quite as healthy as you should be. 
Yeah, I agree, mate. And it can be a very stressful time buying a home and especially renovations can be even more stressful. I know that for a fact. But, mate, when you're um, with your eating style, are you the sort of guy that in your window you sort of eat all the things or do you restrict um, them? At first, um, as I mentioned, I kind of came over from doing keto and low carb. And so when I first started fasting, I pretty much stuck with that unless it was a special occasion. And um, I didn't count ma- – I wasn't like counting carbs, counting macros or anything like that once I switched to fasting. Um, but I still did try and um, eat you know, fairly low carb. At this point, um, I try and stick with a whole foods approach. So having done the whole 30 program and, you know, actually having some success with weight loss on that, but kind of going through those yo-yo cycles, I learned a lot about, um, you know, food and the different ingredients in food and what foods agree with my body and what don't. And so for the most part, I try and stick with whole foods, um, you know, meats, veggies, fruits, things like that, especially when I'm cooking at home. You know, uh, when I go out to eat and it's during my eating window, uh, I'll admit it's kind of all bets off at that point. And that's one of the great things I like about fasting is I'm able to, uh, you know, indulge in those times. But like I say, when I'm cooking at home, I try and stick with mostly whole foods. Yeah. So you just learned to basically what foods work for you and you sort of got a bit of help from that, from the whole 30 and just transitioned that into your intermittent fasting. Yeah, I did. And, you know, um, as much as I struggled with kind of going up and down and weight on that uh, program, it is something that I'm really glad I did because um, in my younger years, I didn't do like a ton of cooking. And with the whole 30, you're not, you know, when I did it, it was several years ago. They didn't have any sort of like products you could buy, like, dressings, you know, salad dressings or anything like that. And so I learned how to make all of that stuff. And it's something that, you know, I've been able to do even now that I'm fasting, you know, I still make my dressings and really sort of like honed my culinary skills where before I wasn't a very good cook, to be honest. Yeah. So just let's go back to your younger years when you were um, pretty obese there, Justin, what do you think your main problem was back then? Were you a guy that was eating a lot of fast food and that sort of stuff? Or, or did you have any issues like closet eating or sugar um, or anything like that? No, I, I mean, I really didn't. Um, like I said, from growing up at a young age, I was always heavy set, And I, you know, I was eating the same things that uh, my siblings and peers were really. And I just think that, um, you know, I was diagnosed at, I don't know, I think age 12 or 13 as being insulin resistant and had gone to the doctor even at that early of an age trying to figure out, um, you know, why my weight was going up when, like say my siblings, peers, things like that were similar diets, similar, um, you know, activity levels. And I was just gaining weight. And that point the you know the doctor recommended basically what uh the food pyramid was which was you know a lot of servings of grains and um to try and do portion control and um you know that's not you know 
with what we know about food, it's not exactly the most sound advice for somebody that's insulin resistant. And so, uh, after doing whole 30 and then finding fasting and, uh, also, you know, through Jen's book, I found the obesity code by, uh, Dr. James Fung. I now know that, you know, a lot of it is the type of foods that I was eating, you know, the higher carb foods and sort of being fat phobic and not knowing about, you know, good and healthy fats, thinking that, um, you know, eating fat made you fat. And so I think that definitely affected me more in my, my teen years. And then when I got into my twenties, I was already, uh, you know, fairly heavy set and definitely in the obese category. And, uh, you know, turned into sort of a party animal. And, and from there I tried doing diets and stuff a few times and none of it ever really worked because I, you know, just wasn't the right approach for me. And I wasn't able to get those insulin levels down. Yeah. So when you say you're a party animal, I can resonate (laughs) with that, mate. Are you also, what do you like now? Did you find that hard when you started fasting? The Uh, Definitely. So, uh, you know, having been sort of a party animal all throughout my earlier 20s, it was, definitely was a challenge for me to, um, you know, still find socializing a doable thing when I was, uh, you know, avoiding unhealthier food choices and avoiding alcohol. It made it, you know, difficult, like you say. Um and that's one of the things that I found uh, yeah. good about fasting at, at this point is, you know, if it fits within my window, um, I will, you know, still occasionally have alcohol at this point. No, definitely not the, like say, party animal from my earlier years, but that's, uh, you know, with fasting, you're able to, uh, you know, delay, not deny, basically. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I think I agree with you, mate, there. So one of the things with you you being so heavy through your 20s and that, did you do much exercise back then or were you playing in uh, sports? I did more in high school. And honestly, once I got into my early 20s and, you know, nothing had really worked in it, I didn't. I had a job at a call center. And so my job was super sedentary. You know, I wasn't moving around. And at that point, I I had a couple stints where I would try some sort of eating program. I, I think I've tried it all. You know, I tried HCG, uh, the, the pills or the drops that you would take and only do a 500 calories every day. And I would try, uh, you know, different diets that were out there. And during those times, um, I would try and, you know, start an exercise regimen, but it was really hard for me to stick with it when, uh, it felt like no matter how much I tried to exercise, I wasn't, you know, able to outrun a bad diet and the chemical imbalances that I had with being insulin resistant, it really didn't seem to matter how much, uh, effort I put into it. I would never see any results. So kind of became, you know, what I felt like back then was a lost cause. And so, I went through quite a few years where I just didn't even really try, especially when you, you know, lead kind of a party animal lifestyle and, uh, you're drinking a lot and, you know, it's just not something you really think about. And then, you know, you have those moments where, um, 
you know, you kind of have realizations that I was listening to one of your podcasts the other day. I can't remember. Maybe it was Daniel or somebody who talked about the, um, you know, not being able to go on a roller coaster. It seems like a lot of people have sort of one of those moments and then, you know, kind of tips you into looking back at, uh, your health and, you know, deciding to give it another shot. Yeah, right. that was Daniel Deal. Yeah, and he was talking about that roller coaster moment. And I know a lot of us, and I'm six foot five, so I'm around the same height as you. And I know I'd go to an amusement park or something like that. I remember going to Disneyland in America, and um, yeah, just being too big and heavy for a lot of the rides, and it was really frustrating. Was just yeah, there's down. definitely things that. Um, you know, I had wanted to do that. I wasn't able to do, you know, I had one of those moments where I was on a plane with my brother. Um, I, I think it was around 2014, 2015. And it was, uh, the aisles were only two seats wide and we were sitting next to each other. They asked if we wanted to move. They didn't know that we knew each other because, um, you know, he, he wasn't, anywhere near heavy set as I am, but still being, you know, like six foot two and a broad shouldered guy, it must've looked like we were sitting on each other's lap and I had to get a seatbelt extender, which, uh, is always about the most embarrassing thing that can happen to you on an airplane, you know, to have to ask for one of those seatbelt extenders because the regular seatbelt won't fit you. So, you know, you're too heavy. And, uh, other things, you know, I, yeah, I've always wanted to go zip lining, never been able to, go on a zip line, things like that. So definitely some things that I'm looking forward to trying now that, um, you know, I'm closer to a uh, healthy BMI. Yeah. I had two moments like that as well. I was at the grand Canyon and I wanted to go on a helicopter flight and it was a small helicopter. And, the, and they said to me, Oh, you're just too heavy to go on our helicopter. Sorry. And um, yeah, and that plane you're talking about, that was actually the catalyst to start my journey, mate. I had a moment on a plane like that uh, where I simply basically couldn't do up my seatbelt. And I was always the master <laughs> of hiding it from the stewardess that I wasn't, had, I didn't have it done up. I put a pillow across or something like that. And um, yeah, because as you say, that moment when you see people being given seatbelt extensions and that is so embarrassing, you're not wrong. But mate, when we talk about your fasting too, let's move back into that. What about appetite correction? Was that something that came for you? And when um, I would say I definitely have had some appetite correction. Um, not quite as much, I think, as other people. I do sometimes still tend to get carried away in my eating window. Um, I think so, uh, more so often, I think, when you're eating uh, an overly stimulating food, you know, um, french fries, things like that. But um, part of my appetite correction has been really enjoying foods that I never liked before. I mean, there's things that I just love to eat now that, you know, I would have never bought or cooked, you know, anytime in my early twenties and, uh, you know, things like Brussels sprouts and asparagus and just, you know, a million different vegetables and, um, things that I just didn't enjoy before. So, Appetite correction has been uh, a big part of that and sort of changing my taste. I don't know if that technically falls under appetite correction, but I definitely do um, have some of the actual appetite correction as well, where you go to eat and you just can't eat like you used to. You know, you can't tuck away a whole large pizza and order a wings. 
And I was like, things like avocado. I used to think weirdos ate avocados. And right. Now I absolutely love them. And there's so many things, so many foods. And I think what intermittent fasting does too is it makes us more mindful in our eating as well. Did you find that that you started to savor it? Definitely. And, uh, you know, not only enjoy it, but I'm, I'm a lot more picky about it. I've uh, noticed that especially with alternate day fasting where, you know, when you're only eating every 40 hours or whatever, you know, 42 hours every other day, it's like you're not really willing to settle for just anything. You want it to be something delicious. You know, you're not going to, I, I avoid fast food, you know, altogether and things like that, but, you know, definitely want to make sure it's, you know, what, a lot, I think the term for a lot of people use in the Facebook groups is window worthy, you know, it's something in your eating window that really tastes good to you. If I go down and I buy a $25 steak, then I'm going to go and buy a $25 steak. I don't care because I used to go to the drive-throughs a lot. You probably heard me talk about my sugar and fast food addictions in the past and, and I'd buy the $2 and the $3 specials and all that sort of thing. And, and now I eat once a day and it's got to be worthy or it just doesn't fly. And I think, yeah, absolutely. That point and, too. you know, uh, going back to the, you know, the eating window, I definitely think that uh, once a day is something that I might possibly, I'll probably settle back into in the future. Uh, you know, alternate day fasting has been great and it's, uh, you know, been a, an experience for sure. And I, I like changing my window around. I like doing different things, you know, experimenting with going low carb or cutting certain foods out, kind of being a, uh, you know, a study of one. But ultimately, I really enjoy the OMAD and, you know, having a two or three hour window every day, uh, you know, having something to look forward to eating that evening. So, Justin, we talk about the non-scale victories and the health benefits can you tell us about uh, Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, I've definitely had um, some benefits as far as like my skin clearing up. I've had um, some kind of weird things happen with like scars that I had from a car accident when I was 14 have disappeared. And, you know, like 15 years later, these scars that I've had, you know, keloid scar formations. And all of a sudden, like one day you you're like go to look for them and they're just gone and it's it's the weirdest thing it's not even something i noticed was happening um so that's definitely been a plus um just the increase in mobility that i i've had um you know when i was 375 pounds i remember um one of the jobs i went to to that was more active and i was on my feet was uh in a manufacturing environment at an ammo plant. And I remember walking from where we were doing the uh, sort of introduction and walking down to the plant and just getting super winded on this hill and like not looking forward to when we had to go walk down that hill. And now, you know, I go to uh, gym here and I do strength and conditioning classes four or five days a week. And so just things that I, you know, never thought I would be able to do the, and the amount of energy and everything that I have is significantly different from when I was that heavy set. 
I had got it had split open there. I was in a car wreck where the the car actually rolled. So I don't know exactly how it happened, but I had probably 25 stitches there. And there was uh, right next to my collarbone on like my next shoulder area. I had a huge, probably like four inch long scar and it was always raised, you know, like uh, I believe it's keloid scar formation where it's actually raised and thick and you could like grab it. And it's completely flat and, you know, you can't even see it now. It's really weird. And then I have one that goes down uh, the entire length of my leg. I also, in in the same time, broke my femur. And so that one hasn't gone away completely, but it has faded considerably. And, you know, that one goes from my hip clear down to my knee. And so I think with uh, time, you know, that one will probably fade out completely too. It's mostly gone at this point. I know for myself, mate, I used to have heavy scarring and a lot of psoriasis on my body. And and like you, it just basically disappeared. And I remember after six months looking at my hands, which I'd been Uh looking at for 20 years, covered in psoriasis, Uh and all of a sudden they, they weren't. And people used to say to me, mm-hmm. how on earth has that gone away from your body? And I'd say, look, I don't really know. I don't know the science behind it, but I've been fasting. This is what I've been doing. And and I've talked to other people on this podcast with uh, psoriasis, and the same thing happened for them. And I've also had other people mention about scarring. And you, know, you mentioned uh, your top weight being a 375. Where do you actually think you are now, mate, with your weight? I know you're not um, So just as a sort of – Most of the year before I moved and everything, I, I was bouncing around um, around 220. I had done a, a couple of the mealless Mondays and things like that and had gotten down to around 210 was my lowest. I was also doing um, low-carb for a while in August just – kind of ahead of moving. I knew I was about to be moving, waiting for my house to close. And r- right before my birthday and everything like that, I just wanted to be in uh, kind of tip shape and got down to around 210. And I think uh, over the past couple months, like I said, during moving and remodeling and everything like that, I imagine I've gained a little bit of that weight back from, you know, 210. So I would say I'm probably sitting right around 220 which I think is a you know pretty actually good set weight for me to be. I think my body might have established that as a set weight. So with your maintenance, mate, um, you sort of got a plan what you're going to do there, or you just got to chug along and keep doing what you're doing. Is intermittent fasting something you think you'll stick to for the rest of your life? Absolutely, just, yeah. just and I think I'm you know going to end up settling on OMAD and maybe a li- something similar to what you're doing where on the weekends, you know, have that longer window 16 and eight. So you can kind of in- enjoy those days off and, uh, during the week stick with a little bit stricter, um, you know, OMAD schedule, but I don't anticipate, you know, ever switching back. I feel great when I'm fasting and, uh, you know, the amount of energy and everything that I have. And as far as sticking with the main, uh, maintenance, you know, that's pretty much where I'm at right now. Like I said, I do uh, strength and conditioning classes and things like that. So I look forward to um, sort of the Im- improved body composition from that. And then just the body recomposition that naturally comes along with fasting. Um, 
you know, even though I've been at a similar weight for probably the last six yeah. months, I continue to notice, um, you know, improvements as far as like feeling leaner and my clothes fitting better and uh, loose skin tightening up, things like that. It's kind of crazy. I'm, I'm sure you're the same way. I, I think I haven't heard all of your podcasts, but I do know I, I heard you mention that you didn't have a ton of, of loose skin. It's really kind of bizarre what, because, you know, I don't either. Having lost 150, 160 pounds, you would think, you know, I always imagine if I ever lost that much weight. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Click with Adam Sandler, but I imagine I would have like a big flap or something, you know, <laughs> of loose skin. And I, I naturally, I do have some, you know, yeah. I have some on my arms and um, some on my stomach where, you know, I still have some body fat there as well, but um, it's not a significant amount. And over time, it, you know, it seems to just kind of be tightening up as I go, you know, with the benefits of autophagy. But mate, you mentioned your exercise regime there. Just run us through that, what you do and what sort of... Uh, yeah, so sort of uh, I go to a that. local gym here and I do strength and conditioning classes. So um, I'm, it's kind of like CrossFit, um, but more geared towards, uh, you know, proper form and things like that. And a little bit, probably less volume. Um, so I go at six every morning and it's really kind of different based on the day. You know, we have a trainer there that is leading those strength and conditioning classes. And so some days we're lifting heavy other days. We're doing more of a conditioning day where we might be, uh, you know, riding bike or running outside if it's nice, things like that. But, um, it really kind of varies and uh, we go through throughout the week, different periods uh, of lifting heavy and conditioning days. And I try and go five days a week. Um, every weekday morning at 6am, I generally take the weekends off on the weekend. I try and, uh, you know, stay active and do more things, go out walking with my dog Um things like that. But yeah, try and go. Usually I'd say I average about four days a week. I hated exercise when I was obese. It was such a drag to do it and I just couldn't stand it. And then when that weight came off me, I would have to say exercise is my you addiction. You know what? I, I really kind of crave that uh, morning routine, you know, go to the gym and, you know, it's tough while you're doing it. But when you're done, you, I go home and shower and stuff and get ready for work and I just feel great. It's not something I ever thought I would enjoy, honestly. And you know, like you say, when you're when you're that heavy set, it's not fun. And when I started, uh, you know, going to the gym, I was kind of in the middle of um, this weight loss process last last fall. So it's been kind of cool to um, you know see how much easier it's gotten to do you know the things that we do in there every day where when I started, I was having to do modified versions of them because I was, you know, I was just so heavy set. I couldn't do them, especially a lot of the body weight stuff, you know, but when I was 375 pounds, I couldn't do a push up for sure. You know? Yeah, I agree. Mate. Also, I wanted to talk to you about what was the support network like for you? Like with your friends and family, when you started telling people about intermittent fasting, um, did you get any pushback or what was the support So like? from my family, I, I didn't at all. My, you know, my family was really supportive about it. Um, 
and they saw, you know, how well it was working for me and how um, easily I was able to stick with it. And since then, um, my mom's actually read um, both Delay, Don't Deny and Fast Feast Repeat. And she's recently um, gotten a lot more consistent in having a daily eating window as well and even did a, a couple of weeks of the alternate day fasting with me. And she's found great success in it, too. So um, that's been great, um, you know, having somebody in your family as well that, um, you know, kind of knows what you're talking about with this stuff. I'm sure it kind of gets old. I feel like I have, a, you know, a ton of fasting information. And I'm always like ready to talk about it at the drop of a hat. You know, anybody that asks me about it, it's like, all right, get ready. <laughs> you know, I've got a ton of information I'm about to share. So, um yeah. As far as pushback goes, you know, there were a couple of people that, um, but, you know, were concerned about it. Uh, coworkers, things like that, or um, sort of friends that I knew from a distance that I would tell that, oh, you know, I'm doing a 24-hour fast or on a day where I was doing a mealless Monday or something, you know, a 36-hour fast or something, and they questioned whether that was healthy or uh, things like that. But, uh, you know, when you've done the amount of research that, I have, and you know, it sounds like you have, or even just reading Jen's books, you know, you're provided with such a large amount of information that you're really sort of able to overcome a lot of objections that anyone might have to it because, uh, you know, you have facts and studies and things that you can back up, uh, you know, the facts about fasting with scientific science. So. Um, you know, I've gotten uh, into a lot of the stuff that uh, Jason Fung does as far as the science there. And I always enjoy reading the studies, you know, that um, are cited a lot of times in those books, going and actually reading the studies for my own. And um, something that's super interesting to me, how um, the actual science of fasting is able to, you know, how it works, because after you know having a lifetime of trying different things that didn't work it's uh you know pretty cool to find something that works and is you know almost effortless really for me at this point and so what's things like for clothes and that sort of thing do you find that thrilling that you yeah it's been great <laughs> so you know being you uh six foot four and 375 pounds you know i was wearing a four and five xl and so you know, you don't walk into very many stores and find a four and five XL, um, you know, at all. You have to really kind of search for, you know, any clothes you can find. So you didn't have a lot of choice when it came to fashion. So it's pretty cool to be able to walk in, uh, you know, pretty much any store. I can wear an extra large now or even uh, a large shirt as long as it runs a little bit tall. And uh, it's really been kind of crazy. Uh, expensive for sure. You know, uh, there was a while where I was switching clothes all the time and I still definitely don't have a complete wardrobe. It seems like my waist size is still, uh, changing, you know, I, like I said, I haven't, uh, went down in weight very much in the, probably the last six, seven months, but I've continued to lose pant sizes. So I went from like a, um, I was wearing a pant size 50 and, uh, now I, I think the pants I'm wearing today are 34s and they're wow. 
big on me. So it's like, you know, I could probably in some brands and, you know, different brands vary, but I could probably wear 32 in a lot of brands. So. So mate, what about the mindset we talk about a lot in intermittent fasting? Is that something you worked on um, a lot, getting your definitely mindset, your head into the game? Mindset, well? you know, I had to work on. Uh, and for me, once I found the delay, don't deny books and that method of fasting, it really clicked for me. And I started doing the, the daily fasting window. The only trouble I really ran into, um, had a few gout flare ups. I, I didn't mention that before, but, uh, used to suffer really bad from gout and haven't had a flare up now in over a year. But when I very first started, um, that was something I was battling. And it, so it was kind of difficult to be in that mindset because it was like, if I'm doing all these things that are so healthy for me, why am I still having these problems? But I just kind of, uh, you know, kept referring back to, uh, the science and things that I'd read in both Jin and, uh, Dr. Fung's books and stuck with that window. And a couple months later, it, it really became pretty effortless for me where, um, you know, the, the mindset for me is that, you're fasting no matter what every day. It's just, you know, how long are you going to fast that day for, you know, no matter what, there's no like falling off the plan, you know, which for me was the biggest problem that I had with, um, doing the whole 30s. Yeah. I would, you know, go so strict for, you know, 30 days, or even sometimes I did it longer, 60 or 90 days. And then, when I fell off, I, it was, you know, I fell off the wagon. I better go enjoy all the things that I haven't been able to have in so long. And then, you know, that would turn into a eating bad for a couple of days or drinking more alcohol for a couple of days, which sometimes turned into a couple of weeks or then a couple of months. And, uh, with fasting, it's like, you know, every day it's a new day. So, yeah. you know, if you had a shorter window yesterday, it's not a big deal, you know, just go back to your yep. normal window today. It's Well, it's a lifestyle, mate, and that's the thing to get across to people with intermittent fasting. And I think some people do treat intermittent fasting as a diet and a quick fix, and then they sort of get there, and, and then they go off on a tangent, and they find they regain the weight. And it's really interesting, actually, about weight regain. I was reading the other day that 95% of people that lose a lot of weight usually regain some of it, if not all of it, but I think with intermittent fasters, I think we're in that 5% that we know how to control it. And once you get there, it's very easy to pull the levers of the toolbox that you have and adjust as you need to. And I find I keep in about a two to five pound range and I've been doing that fairly successfully. And I've never been able to do that, mate, on any diet I've ever been on in my life. Uh, you know, I mean, intermittent fasting isn't a diet, but... It, with it just being a lifestyle, it's something I just keep doing. And at this point, you know, I'm not really weighing, but you know, you can, there's other ways to tell. I can tell by the way my clothes fit, things like that, that, you know, I haven't regained that weight, even though I have days uh, where I might not, you know, have as long of a window where I might make uh, poor food decisions. And I really have been able to just kind of cruise along right where I'm at. Like you said, within, I would guess I have a little bit more fluctuation than two to five pounds. I gain water weight really easily. So if I eat like a really high carb meal, 
I can wake up the next day and be like up 10 pounds. And that's part of the reason that I toss the scale is, you know, I would eat one of those meals and then wake up the next day and be up 10 pounds. And it's hard after years of diet mentality still to see that number jump up on you on the scale. So, uh, just kind of checked it, but like I said, I've been bouncing around within that weight yeah. for, I would say, six or eight months. So, so we're going to wrap it up, mate, in a minute. But what I'd like you to do is just speak to people out there that are very heavy, and in particular, if they are young and absolutely what anybody you that, that you, um, you know is looking you to, to fasting, not only lose their weight, lose weight, but to uh, you know change their lifestyle, feel better. Um, intermittent fasting has really provided all those things for me. And, you know, it's really helped me out in other areas of my life. I've been able to, um, you know, focus on my career and buying a house, things like that, that I honestly don't think I ever would have done, you know, had I not, uh, taken charge of my health. So it's never too early or even too late to really, um, take back your health. And I'm super, um, you know, just appreciative that I was able to find out this information. Uh, you know, I guess I don't always feel like it was at a super young age, but, uh, you know, being, being 30, but it really is. And I still have, you know, a ton of my life left. So I would highly encourage anybody that, um, you know, is out listening that if it's something that you're interested in, you know, dig in, do a little bit of research, check out, um, you know, podcasts like Graham's here, as well as some of the books that are out there, you know, on the subject. And it's really a, you know, a great way of life. Yeah, I think that's fantastic, mate. And I can't tell you, as I said earlier, how proud I am of you and what you've done. It's a remarkable achievement, mate. And you do have a, a long life ahead of you. But Justin Claypool... Oh, thank you so much, Justin. That was so great. I really enjoyed that chat with you and I found it super inspiring. And I think you're an excellent young man on the rise. And everything you talked about there resonated with me a lot. And I'm just so proud of you that you took your sort of health back now at 30 years of age. And a lot of us really in our 40s and 50s probably regret we didn't do the same thing. So I take my hat off to you, Justin. And thank you for sharing your remarkable journey. And I'm sure we're going to see more of you in future years. Anyway, coming up on Sunday, we got Laurie Lewis. And Laurie's a lot of fun. And Laurie is also a very inspirational person. And Laurie is an intermittent fasting coach, mentor. And she's also lived the intermittent fasting lifestyle herself. And she's had a great transformation through it. So join us for that one. And yes, don't forget, you can get my book, The Fasting Highway, about my journey uh, on Amazon and various other places. Uh, thank you so much for all the support out there. It's been fantastic. And until next week, be well, be safe. And remember, clean fasting is everlasting. <laughs>